to these kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hello, this is Isa. For our final podcast of the year, we will be updating you on what is happening in Gaza. We will also be talking about COP28 and we will be telling you all about the latest news from the British royal family. We will also be reviewing the new movie that everyone's talking about now called Wonka. Unfortunately, the biggest news story over the last few weeks has still been the very horrible situation in Gaza. As you might know from our last podcast, on October 7th, lots of fighters from a Palestinian group called Hamas went into Israel from Gaza, killing many Israelis and taking lots of hostages. Israel then sent lots of airstrikes as a response into Gaza, saying that it was targeting Hamas, but the result has been terrible devastation for everyone in Gaza, as Israel then have also begun a ground attack in Gaza. The fighting between the Israelis and Palestinians have been going on for years as both sides say that the land of Palestine is theirs but this has been the worst outbreak of violence so far. Sadly the situation in Gaza hasn't improved although there were a temporary pause of fighting on the 24th of November which lasted for seven days before the fighting started again. The seven day pause in fighting was part of a deal between Israel and Hamas and during that time some hostages were taken by Hamas from Israel were released and some Palestinians being held in Israeli's jail were also released. Both sides blamed each other for breaking the ceasefire agreement. What that has meant is ongoing devastation for the people of Gaza. Gaza's health ministry says that more than 20,000 people have been killed in more than 11 weeks of fighting. The United Nations says that about 1.9 million people have lost their homes by Israeli bombardments. Internet and telephone services have been cut off the Gaza Strip and there are reports of hunger and starvation. An end to the fighting does not seem to be in sight. The Israeli president has warned that Israel's campaign was not close to being over and that there were no shortcuts when it came to bringing down what he sees as a terrorist organisation. 132 of the 240 Israeli hostages are still being held and Mr Netanyahu has told his parliament that they would not be allowed to release all the hostages without military pressure. The United Nations, which is a worldwide organisation that brings countries together to talk about and agree on work issues, has recently adopted a resolution demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza when 153 member states of the United Nations voted in favour of the ceasefire. The US voted against the revolution and the UK did not vote. Although the US did not vote in favour of a ceasefire, President Joe Biden was warned that Israel is losing support because of its bombing of Palestine citizens. 
Hello, this is Zara. This year, the United Nations Climate Change Conference took place in Dubai and ran from the 30th of November to the 13th of December. The conference was the 28th session of the Conference of Parties and so is known as COP28. COP is attended by countries that are signed to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. This was an agreement made in 1992 when countries committed to avoiding any behaviours that could lead to dangerous climate change. The conference takes place every year and the goal is for world leaders to get together and work on solutions to tackle climate change, limit harmful emissions and protect the environment. When we talk about climate change, we're talking about long-term global changes in the Earth's average temperature. Scientists say that the increase in global temperatures in the past century has been caused by humans using oil, gas and coal for homes, factories and transport. When these fossil fuels burn, they release greenhouse gases, including carbon dioxide. These gases trap the sun's heat and cause the planet's temperature to rise. The climate change conferences are really important, as with so many world leaders gathered in one place, they can allow for global agreements and action. Around 200 countries were represented at this year's COP, with King Charles giving the opening address, warning that humans were carrying out a vast frightening experiment on the planet. Nearly 100,000 politicians, diplomats, journalists and campaigners registered for the meeting, making it the biggest climate conference ever held. At COP28, for the first time, countries agreed on the need to transition away from fossil fuels in energy systems and that this should be done in a just, orderly and equitable manner. This was seen as a recognition that richer countries should move away from coal, oil and gas more quickly than less developed countries. The agreement also included global targets to triple the capacity of renewable energy like wind and solar power and double the rate of energy efficiency improvements. However, the deal does not force countries to take action and no timescale was specified. The success of the conference will be determined by the changes that countries put into effect in the years ahead. Hi, it's Lori here. In this episode, I will be talking about our royal family. Did you watch the King's speech on Christmas Day? In the second Christmas speech since he became king, King Charles III praised the work of volunteers, calling them a selfless army of people who form an essential backbone of our society. In an apparent reference to rising homelessness and displaced victims of conflicts such as Ukrainians, the monarch highlighted one part of the story of Jesus when Mary and Joseph were offered shelter in their hour of need by strangers. In November, the king had launched a coronation food project, which will distribute otherwise wasted food to people struck by food poverty. In Monday's speech, he said, we need to build on existing ways to support others less fortunate than ourselves. This month, he said the world remained dreadfully far off track in the key climate targets arising from the 2015 Paris Agreement and called for meaningful change in his opening statement at the COP28 climate summit. The royal family made headlines, however, for other reasons last month. After a biography of the family was published by Omid Scobie, apparently set to expose the distrust at the heart of the British monarchy. 
The book apparently includes reference to a story shared by the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, who once told Oprah Winfrey that someone in the royal family had made a comment about the skin colour of her son, Archie. Whilst the name of the individual concerned has never been revealed, in an initial draft of the biography Endergame given to the Dutch translators, named the two senior members of the royal family who Meghan said told her of their concerns about the colour of her son, Archie's skin while she was still pregnant. The manuscript was quickly withdrawn, leading to publishing chaos, and whilst the Duke and Duchess of Sussex issued a statement saying it was not the late Queen or her husband, Prince Philip, they have refused to name the members of the royal family who had made the comments. The Sussexes have declined to publicly defend their relatives, and the publisher, Mr Scobie's book, has not provided any explanation for how the names ended up in print. Hi, it's Rose here. In this episode, I will be reviewing the movie Wonka, which I went to see on a school trip at the end of term. I absolutely loved it. It really was my favourite movie of all time. It's a musical fantasy film and the third movie to be made based on Rosal's best-selling children's book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's designed as a prequel to the other movie versions, telling the story of how chocolate magician Willy Wonka ended up running this incredible, secret chocolate factory. With dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate, the film follows a young, poor and illiterate Willy Wonka as he discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers who, along with the police, are very keen on preventing him from pursuing his dreams. Needing a place to stay and with few savings left, he is persuaded to sign a contract for accommodation, unaware of the fine print in the contract due to illiteracy that will leave him heavily in debt. To pay off his debt, Wonka introduces hover chocks, chocolates that make people fly, facing mockery from three rival chocolatiers who call the chief of police to confiscate his earnings for selling without a chocolate store. But unable to pay the exorbitant fees imposed on him by the contract, Wonka is captured and starts to work in a laundrette, where in secret he works with his fellow captives to produce chocolates again. But will he finally open his dream chocolate shop? I'm not going to give the whole story away. You'll have to go and watch it yourselves. My favourite character in Wonka is the Oompa Loompa, played by Hugh Grant. It was very funny. I thought the best line in it was when he said, I've started dancing now, I can't stop. I really like this movie and I can't wait until it comes out on our TV so we can watch it again at home. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.